Welcome to another episode of the Pedestrian Podcast. Myself, Stuart Court and Adam Nathan. How are we, sir? Not too bad, mate. Um, yeah, not too bad. Rain has been, I mean, very English. If, if ever you wanted to know that this is a British UKC <laughs> Hawkers podcast. The second within, word out your mouth. Within about rain. eight seconds, I'm talking about the weather. I mean, yeah. that is, talk about podcastcliches.com. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, rain in like a... Yeah, just mad today. Yeah. Um Not good. no. But well, it, it, it it was just kind of nowhere up here. Um anyway, uh yeah, over the last six years I think we've been probably more downcast, downbeat on the Seahawks teams over the last over that time than maybe other Seahawks fans, Seahawks podcasts have been and well, I'm sure our eight listeners can vouch for that. But <laughs> I I have a feeling after Sunday and compared to the the tide, which way the tide's going on Seahawks conversations and reactions and overreactions, I feel like it's going to be going against the tide somewhat because I think we're both pretty... Obviously, don't want to watch the Seahawks lose, lose any NFL game, but losing that one and how they did with what was going on against who they played, it's kind of like, this feels like this might be a against the tide part this week. Yeah, I mean, I thought that it was... Ooh. What do I think? As a complete team performance, obviously it wasn't complete because the red zone stuff really let them down, and that's not an insignificant thing. No. But if they punched in two of those touchdowns, sake of argument, and they end up, what would that have made it? 27 17. Uh, they, they came yeah. up with zero points, right? Yeah, but even like get 10 points, it's 20 23. It, basically, they could have very easily smashed the spread on that game mm. and left Cincinnati who, yeah, all right, they might not be at the level right now, but they are undoubtedly like a team you would call a top team. They've got winning know-how. They've been there. They've done it. They've got, they probably got four or five of the, of the top 50 NFL players uh, in just about sneaking in. And then certainly two of the top 20 if not 15 yeah maybe i'd say like they are a proper team and the seahawks played well enough to go in there and basically house them uh they didn't because it's a sport that is you know depending on moments and making sure you don't piss away uh at at the last second but i was as positive about that coming away from that game as i have been in any game for years and years and years because it finally felt like the silks were on the right track and they've built something sustainable whereas you know the rust years or the, the back end of the rust years it was a case of if we don't win this year what the hell are they going to do something is brewing in seattle and it's quite exciting <laughs> yeah like joe burrow joe burrow and Jamar chase are in the top three position conversations they're probably both in the top 10 league-wide, 15, definitely, 10 maybe. But yeah, and they like, like Joe Burrow was moonwalking before he threw a touchdown pass in the first quarter on Sunday. Like, he was feeling himself early, like rightly so, because they were just charging up and down the field. And he, yeah, and it just like, and he only ended the game with 185 yards. Like, yeah, it's, it's, you say it's complete. It wasn't obviously complete, but uh, it was what like ninety percent is exactly how you drew it up. Like Gino, mm-hmm. whatever we'll probably get into whatever, all that stuff. But but like he threw for over three hundred yards on the road, ten a.m. 
against a legitimate defense like Lou Aranumo. Is that the DC thing? Mm-hmm. Like he was a hot name. Like him and uh, the OC in Detroit, uh, Johnson. Uh, Johnson. They were like, well, like, oh, what? How have they not got a job? Kind of deal. Like the retreads got on over him and. Uh, Johnson, but um, so yeah, like it's a legitimate, a legitimate um, defense coached by a legitimate, like he's going to be a head coach in NFL probably by this time next year. So it's like, and to go in there and like run the ball pretty well, like uh, Walker looked good, like he, he seemed to fade with a game plan or they just like shut him down a bit, but like 60 yards, like it, everything kind of worked apart from the last nine yards of the field and it the 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 biggest drawback of that because it, it wasn't just a one thing wasn't wasn't it didn't just happen just once it happened three or four times which maybe an issue but yeah like it's this everything kind of just seemed right and then just the game finished and the series was lost it was very strange where like yeah it's just it was just a weird like come nine o'clock and the series was lost and like oh they just like it. Just felt like they were going to win that game. Like, I think you, mm. you text in the group chat, like the Seahawks are winning this. Like before they, Joe Burrow just heaved it downfield and went. Was it forty four set fourteen seconds for the final drive they had? Yeah, like, it's it's. I think I said back into the third quarter. Like this, yeah. feels like we're going to win this. Yeah, everything seems to be coming around. There's just correctable either by getting players back healthy or. Um, Rotation, rotating different players in, or calling a game in that in those areas, and calling plays in those suspect areas differently over the next twelve weeks. But it's not like it's not like we're watching it and going, oh, yeah, that's, that's going to go wrong. like the things that went wrong are quite easily and quite uh, clearly correctable, and if they are corrected. And even if like someone else falls down to like eighty five percent, like success or whatever, then this team is going to be in the shakeup. Probably, I don't know. Like, I just don't get any of the the react, pretty much any of the reactions to the game on Sunday. It just it felt like it just it felt like that. This is what they've kind of been talking about for a couple of years. Like, it's the clearest example of what 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 like. Pete's been selling for us since mm-hmm. the since the quarterback trade. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Um, you know, the Seahawks have lost quite a few games to decent teams by scoring three or four touchdowns, giving up three or four and a couple of field goals. Yeah, and that is like quite exciting. It's back and forth. You know, you leave the game with a bit of an exhilaration of, of a rush of, well, you know, didn't both teams play play well in a way, but I would much rather for the long-term future of a team lose a game like that with your defense, like flying all over the field. Like that, that felt like a loss that you can build on as opposed to a loss where you're just looking around thinking, what do we actually have here? And obviously, Going to the red zone like four times and not coming over with any points <laughs> is dreadful. Mean, it's, it's quite impressive though, at the same time. But, but honestly, how often is that going to happen? No, it's yeah, in, in one game, in yeah. one game, um, and, 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 they, and it was and the they same got way. Nothing right, but they still got them to the to the red zone. Yeah, um, they were doing everything right up until they got there, and they, for whatever reason. And look, if this happens again, then you can start looking at it as a trend. 
is it a Gino issue? Maybe it is a Gino issue. And I'm sure we'll talk about that. But I I really couldn't, I mean, I've had to contextualize sport massively in the last couple of weeks. So perhaps I can't look at anything as a disaster when it comes to defeat in something as futile as sport at the moment. <laughs> but I really couldn't look at that and think no. we had mega issues. And like I did a live stream with, with Rob afterwards. And you know, I don't think the other guys were were, were you know sort of ranting and raving either, but I, I don't know. I, the vibe they, was the vibe was off. Yeah, I, th- I thought they were probably on a more negative side than me. So then there were enough Which people that were negative about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm normally that. You know, I probably cost us listeners by being overly <laughs> negative, to be honest, including some of our mates. Um, but you know, I um, yeah, I, look, there's enough negativity that obviously there's something there that we're not quite seeing in a way. But I think it's interesting that everyone that was watching that in our little WhatsApp group was pretty much aligned as to what we thought the issues were. And I don't think anyone left that game feeling that disappointed. No, like you can uh, compare it to the other losses season in week one against the Rams where I don't know if it's expectation of what they were going to be like or what we were going to be like or at home or whatever it was. But that felt like, like we said that that might be an issue. Yeah. Because when we, when we talked about juice, there was absolutely no juice, especially on the defensive side. And like you said, on on Sunday, you got Witherspoon flying around, you got Jamal doing his thing, you got Quandre Diggs, who was, we don't dive in the, the all 22s like um, a, a few other guys on social media do. And I don't really know if or how Quandre plays well, but he had his most impactful game for a while mm-hmm. on Sunday. He was making tackles, he wasn't missing tackles. But then, yeah, and then you got like you got Trey Brown coming out of. Pretty much nowhere. Like, yeah, it, it's just... And then offensively, like you said, they got to the red zone that many times, but pretty comfortably. Like, that last drive, the throw to Tyler Lockett is legitimate. And Tyler Lockett, is, there's no one near him. They started getting Jackson Smith and Jake Burr involved. The tight ends, I don't know where they went on Sunday. Like I said, the running game is keeping going. The Shabner use is maybe a bit strange. It looked like, obviously, hindsight's the level of there, but... Yeah, there's there's plenty to be juiced about, and we, it's because the team, especially on the defensive side, appear to have the juice, the swagger back that we were so so desperately lacking like mm-hmm. five weeks ago. But yeah, it's it. I just I, I just don't. And I, I was watching before we started recording, watching the wire press play, um, a segment from uh, Good Morning Football this morning where they they listed their top five NFC teams. And obviously, Kyle Brandt being Kyle Brandt, he just listed NFL teams, but the <laughs> Cowboys were ahead of us in, I think, all four. And uh, they've had a shellacking. And yeah, they're four and two, and they've won more games than us, but and yeah, there's, I think, was it Indisputed? Yesterday was just two hours of Cowboys chat, I think it was, or maybe it was early today. So they get a lot more conversation, but this team hasn't had a shellacking. It had an upset. Not maybe not an upset because the Rams are quite good, but match to ex- win above expectation or whatever it is or whatever the baseball stat is. The seal we haven't touched wood. Haven't had that yet. Like even Sunday, it looked like it was going to be a shootout and it finished 17-13. It's just there's the the conversation is weird around the Seahawks team. It just kind of it feels like conclusions were drawn before the season around certain players and I don't really or just 
I don't I don't know what it is, but it was really annoying on Sunday Monday Sunday night Monday morning because it just doesn't feel like that to the people that we speak to probably more than anyone else and ourselves. But when you go everywhere on social media, which is obviously a a, a pit stain of a place at the best of times, but it's just what what it felt like I was, I, I didn't watch the right game. Like I pressed the wrong link yeah. on the stream or something. But I mean, look, maybe we're all wrong and. I suppose that you do only get 17 cracks at teams in the NFL. And so when you lose one like that, it, you know, the whole sport is built up to uh, produce very extreme emotions because of how Mm. few opportunities you get a chance each year to express them. Yeah. Um, So maybe there's something in that, in the sense that, you know, every game is whipped up into such a frenzy and a hype and it's game day and, you win and you're buzzing and you lose and you're and you're devastated because it is a long time to till the next game and you know each, each game does resonate so much and kind of have such an impact in the standings. Um, but I don't know, like I, I still feel like Seattle are in a position this season where if they were using every game to judge themselves as a barometer of where they are for the future, I don't think that would be an unfair policy to take. Now, obviously, Pete Carroll's never going to say that, but. You know, they, they are obviously looking to build something for the slightly longer term than they have done in the past. They haven't been making, you know, trades to fill a perceived final hole. And if anything, right now you could say, you know, defensive line might be somewhere that they do have like a hole to, that could massively push them over the top if they wanted to. But um, yeah, like I'm, I'm coming away from these games thinking that it's Philadelphia, San Francisco, Detroit and Seattle are the only four teams that have any chance of representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'd put the Rams in there just because I think Stafford and McVeigh and Aaron Donald is going to just carry a lot of water on that defensive side. Are they 3-3 three yeah, and three or 2-4? Two and 3-3. Uh, and three. Yeah, I suppose if they got in, they could be a tricky team to play against. Yeah, because he's just... It's, it's experience. But I also think the, the way the reaction to the, the game on Sunday is gone is that even if Geno Smith fights JSN in the back of the end zone on Sunday and they win... There's still, there'll still will be a yeah, but whereas if they do that, the conversation around the Bengals should have been, but what the hell were you doing in that fourth quarter? Why are you having a 14 second drive when you're trying to ice the game and just yeah. heaving the ball downfield twice? Whereas it feels like if the Seahawks are the one, it's still been, yeah, but we should, we should have won by more. We should have done this. We should have done that. It's still not great. We're like, <laughs> yeah, it'd have been. I don't know. Like, I don't. I think we'd be having the same conversation if Gino had found a silk in the back of the end zone instead of just been bulldozed by um, Trey Hendrickson or whoever it was in the final play. But um, I mean, yeah, like like the Bengals went went bend and don't break in an incredible manner in the <laughs> in the fourth. Like fair play to them to have, to make that many red zone stops. That is yeah. amazing. But after the first quarter. The biggest mismatch of the whole game was, in general, like the Seahawks defense against the Bengals offense. Yeah, they, I mean, they couldn't do a thing with the no. ball. Jamal uh, Chase had two, was it? Well, no, it wasn't a lot of catches as we were told on Sky Sports. But Jamal <laughs> Chase got everything in the first half, and then and half that was nothing. And, and the only reason they even got three points in the second half was because uh, the interception was so miles off everyone. Uh, the second one that the guy was able to <laughs> run it back into field goal range, and they still didn't yeah. move the ball, kick the field goal. So, yeah. you know, the Seahawks defense battered that Bengals offense. And if anything, yeah. 
it felt a little bit like sort of one of those Felix Hernandez baseball games in a way that you didn't quite get the run support that you were looking for from, from your offense. But um, like the Silks defense haven't played like that for a long time, Stu. But they have. Like, also, with that, also, they haven't with played that juice and smothering. Like, they've just... not. Yeah, I was talking to our, our mate Mike Dugar about this. He said, "Well, you know, I feel like in 2020 they were quite similar with Dan Lap and Shaquille Griffin. Not for me. I have to say, not for nah. me." The speed at which they're playing now and, and the aggression and the anger and, and the power they're playing with now, for me, is, is something we've not seen probably since the fourth year of the run of, of, of scoring defence that the BLOB had. Yeah, it, it feels like, like, obviously, a lot is said about the Bennett Averill, but then that defence had me, Bain, it had um, Red Bryant, it had Clinton McDonald. It kind of feels like that defence is kind of like a, a Primark version of that at the minute. Because if, if J- Jaron Reed can make a play in like the first quarter, then they shut him down and Draymond Jones jumps up or Jordan Brooks plays a play downfield. Or then the third cornerback on the team in the, in the offseason, Trey Brown, just shuts down like just the second best receiver in the, in the league, probably maybe third best. Mm-hmm. It's just like that. Yeah, it's... Yeah, this this is this is a different vibe type defense. I I I feel like I said it a month ago. Jamal Adams like kind of brings that. I know you like you're not <laughs> you, you're not a a flag waver for number thirty three, but like that's exactly what I expected to see if he lasted more than eight plays and didn't shoe his head at someone's knee. But like if he plays a full game, that's what Jamal Adams can bring. Yeah, he's he, he he's probably going to make a weird play on the ball and trying to catch it and drop it or something, which is going to be memeable and all that. But that juice that juice comes from him, I think. Like Weatherspoon's made a massive difference, obviously, mm-hmm. but having a second component just to like when he made the tackling open on open space and three or I think Quandre uh, Julian of them and Weatherspoon. Just dashed to him. Like it didn't it wasn't turn over, it was just a tackling space for like three yards. Like we didn't it see that not. like yeah, we didn't see that like a month ago. We didn't see, definitely didn't see it last year without him. So it's it's it's, it's gonna be interesting who 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 kind of like steps up out, out like next to him. Cause I think without him, Julian Love was beginning to struggle a bit. Um obviously. But yeah, like the that defense on Sunday was it was it felt like it was gonna be a shootout and then we're driving at the end and it's 17-13. And it's yeah, it's it was it was properly impressive and they're probably gonna make us look stupid on Sunday. But but yeah, like it's this this there's not there's not I mean but also like on Sunday the Seahawks failed in the red zone, the 49ers lost to the Cleveland's backup. The the Eagles lost to Zach Wilson and the Jets. The Bills nearly lost to Tyrod Taylor. The Chiefs only just beat the remnants of the Denver Broncos organization by eight points. <laughs> like, it's only really Detroit who handled their business on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, argue that that makes it more annoying, especially when you're given. Yeah, so yeah, many no, yeah, you're not at the door. Guess, that but argue like, makes it more annoying. But I know what you're saying. That yeah, it's hard to win in the NFL. There's like yeah, uh, I mean, who was I listening? I was listening to someone on a podcast that was bemoaning this fact that like. The idea that the 49ers were almost people were almost writing down 17 and 0 for their record. Yeah. Saying, you know, they, were, no they, were 60, no. they were 16 point favorites on Sunday. 
Yeah, and people will say, well, there's no team that can beat this Niners team. You know, they've got everything. But this stuff changes so quickly. Yeah. And, every, you know, look at the college teams that are playing and how you know, the quality of those. And most of those guys aren't even making the league. Like, everyone is brilliant. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't take an awful lot. You know, a bit of weather here or, you know, an errant throw here. You don't get a call there that can change these games so dramatically that like, I think it's frustrating that the Seahawks are three and two and not four and one because four and one is that sort of buffer that means you can push on and say, right, where are we going to be in the playoffs? Whereas yeah. three and two, you know, the NFC, the way it's constructed, perhaps not, but it's it wouldn't be beyond shock if, you know, there was, there was a bit of a bum fight for some of the players, especially if the Rams do keep, keep kicking on. I mean, I don't think you're going to get much out of the South that's going to trouble you. Uh, no. Probably two teams maximum in the north that are an issue two to three teams in the west uh and in the east well because of washington do but you know it, it might be your, you know this should there's, be there's, your, there's, there's more floor teams than that like gaping yeah. floors as well yeah you, you'd hope that with seven teams it's not going to be too much of an issue and i think this is a kind of seahawks team that like this defense will travel i think and you know in, yeah. in the playoffs i think we can say that for, for certain, yeah. Um, look at us, you look how positive we're being. Seattle, but also, but also, believe it. But also, back on the Niners, it's like they lost Christian McCaffrey and the whole the deck of cards. They lost that out of it. The, the whole deck of cards fell down. The Seahawks yeah. lose a right tackle, a left guard, and a left tackle. Though he's back on Sunday, and that it takes what I mean, how many snaps in the last month? Uh, two twenty, probably it took. Before he started going, oh, oh, we've got an issue here. And even yeah. then, it's because the right tackle was on one leg and the right guard is a sixth round rookie, Andy yeah. Bradford. Centre like, as yeah. well. Oh, no, he's not. Sorry, he's a, he's a guard. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that, yeah, it's it's so, um, yeah, it's just the the, yeah, the reaction just, just, it was so strange. So, so strange. And it had me agreeing with people I've never agreed with before. So it's all. It's all very weird. Uh, yeah, Matt, I think I think we both agree that the TV coverage. I was more frustrated by the TV stuff in between the plays than I was the plays themselves, <laughs> because of because of the way the, the game was carried but, by uh, Sky yeah, Sports. Yeah. yeah, and also we we now only pod when Iron Eagle uh, <laughs> is our commentator because the last pod I think was uh, the one with Stacey, and that was about talking about it's, it's Ian. Just he's a grown man calling me, and it's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, well, yeah, I did so. enjoy Charles Davis's breakdown of the Trey Brown pick, I thought that was actually quite good, really good analysis. Actually, if you were watching that, uh, I don't remember. He did like a chalk talk in the fourth quarter, I think, about going back and explaining it and yeah. tendencies. And it was actually, I thought, it was quite quite interesting. Well, yeah, this is this is a different vibe of a podcast. Um, Charles Davis praise, um, <laughs> no one had that on their bingo card if the bingo cards are. Exist. Um, yeah, Jesus like, and Easter has had worse resurrections than that. Me and Charles <laughs> Davis. Uh, season there. Um, specific players. Uh, obviously, we talked about Jamal. We talked Devin Witherspoon, man. He's just there's there, there's going to be a wall. We, I think we I think we, every rookie hits it. Like even Joe Burrow and every, everyone does. He's he, he's doing it from he's not doing it from one spot. Like. Uh, 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 him and Woolen, it's 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 weird how clear 
it is that Wallen, although Wallen's good and whatever, although I do think he's struggling a bit, I don't think he's kind of like committed on that, whatever the injury was during the off-season. But like watching him last year to watching Spoon this year, admittedly with better players around him, um, you can see why one was a fifth overall and one was a fifth round pick. Does that make sense? Um, the whole the whole vibe around Weatherspoon when he's playing is com- you can say oh yeah that's why you were either one or two cornerback in the draft that's why you like no one really uh, smashed glass over um, the pick at number five but Wallen you have can you studied see- much of the Tottenham centre halves this season so far Stu? huh. Have you studied much of the Tottenham centre half so far this season? No, I just all I keep seeing is uh, the one who scored against Luton's quick, right? And Romero is so, a madman, right? So basically, and only one person that listens to the show will have any resonance <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> Woolen and Witherspoon are Van der Ven and Romero, respectively. Woolen is the Rolls Royce that just gets on with it, does his work, yeah, uh, watches what goes on, can react to anything. Witherspoon is the absolute nutcase that, <laughs> and actually, I think I think this is fairly pertinent for how his career has sort of gone right from that Lions game where he bit on the on the flea flicker. Although I believe the flea flicker is an impossible play to stop, as I've said many times. Romero is the kind of that needs to not think about anything but just see it and and have the full conviction in his ability to get there and do it, and then he will. And Witherspoon strikes me as that kind of guy that. He just needs to see it and do it. Yeah, fuck around and find out. Absolutely. Yeah, and someone's going to get in the way of it and get absolutely larrowed <laughs> in the process. I mean, like he, he even like his tip pass on Sunday. Like he, he measured that. I think it happened in rugby, didn't it? Where they charged down a conversion. I think I mm. saw a clip of that. But it, it, he timed that perfectly and. Also timed it where he didn't just slam into Joe Burrow and take a fifteen-yard penalty. Like he's 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 going to hit a wall, but he's legitimately like him and him that that defensive backfield could be could be fun in in like different ways to what Sherm Cam Earl was. With this being strikes me as the kind of guy that may not get the accolades nationally that people make him think that's where they took him fifth overall. Yeah. But I think I see enough of him in Seattle's defense that you can legislate it absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's I mean, who who who's the recent like top corner I've got source. I don't think he's going to be that that much on Twitter. Now he might not make an All Pro for a number of years. No, but Seahawks fans will be the then kind of got, fans that are screaming at why isn't he an All Pro? Yeah, like what? How early was Jalen? Jalen feels like he was early. Yeah, it's him. It's him. He, him he reminds me of like the way he plays at Buda Baker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's just, he just, yeah, he just, he's just there. He's, he's yeah. Um, elsewhere defense, I mean, like I said about Jaron Reed, Draymond Jones showed up again. Like it took him a couple of weeks. He that's that's like four plays over the last two games. So he's just like, oh yeah, that's why you. Mm-hmm. Give him the bag in March. It's like just it's all adding together, touching all the wood that they stay healthy. But yeah, uh, offensively, um, where do you want to go? Um, there's two we could go, which have been annoying in two different ways. Two. 
it's what Gino, do I and D- think? Gino and DK. Oh, I actually wasn't even going to go there. I was going to go some. So I'll go with someone else just to see. Yeah, you Those two Bobo catches were <laughs> absolutely, especially as one of them is. He, he, I cannot dead. believe he woke up. Yeah, it's uh, it's Sanka in Cool Runnings. It, honestly, I was looking for his lucky egg. Yeah, it was. He got rocked. There, yeah. there were honestly there were nine penalty flags that came in. <laughs> There were referees in different games. And then he got up looking like uh, he just heard the funniest joke in the world. I know. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was... So he had that. But okay, go on. Which one do we start with? Look, well, well, I don't... I, I don't really, they both annoyed me in different ways. The, like Again, with the Spurs comparisons, Gino kind of feels like Harry Kane. Hold on. No, let me, let me get here. Let me Hold. get there. Let me get there. Let me get there. Harry Kane has scored more goals than pretty much any Englishman ever born at the yeah. top level. But still, Harry Kane talks with. <laughs> yeah. Gina, Gina Smith can win all the games, throw for 340 yards against a proper defence. But Gina Smith was a bust for a decade. Like the the mm. preconceived, I know it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a tenuous one, but I, I couldn't think of a different footballer to pin him to. Like the... the the convictions of people about Gino Smith are going to last longer than his run of good form is going to last. But Harry Kane was a one-year wonder for seven years. Yeah. I mean, I, I reject wholeheartedly the comparison. I know what you're trying to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not about, but it's not about bait. I think, idea, but... I think that Gino is being under-respected for what he's done so far. I think there's an extent, there's the level of skepticism is being pushed a little bit too high. However, the team haven't necessarily helped that by giving him a contract. They can just get out of whenever they want. Um, no, but so also, think, not, also, I honestly think that Gino, the name Gino Smith is just going to carry. It's definitely around. synonymous with failure and memes. Which is wild. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the idea that Drew Locke, that people want to see Drew Locke now with, yeah, is is astonishing to me. Yeah, with three and two. Like, I'm three. not even a big Gino fan, as, as you know, I've said no. a number of times. I don't think Gino is necessarily going to be the guy that gets us over the hump, but Drew Lock is almost certainly not the guy. <laughs> and, and and what has he done at any point in his career to deserve, you know, immediately? The Seahawks are three and two. Yeah, 330 yards against the Cincinnati Bengals defense. Yeah. And, and he scrambled he's, well. He just yeah. fucked up in the red zone. He <laughs> just had to fuck up in the red yeah, zone too like many the, times. Yeah, the the first interception is bad. The second Terrible. one is just one of those things that happens. But yeah, it's it was so, it was so clear, and I think I think we've spoke about it and uh, with a, with the a few guys who we know who listen. Um, there's just always that. The it's, I don't know. There's just always. The Drew Lock thing is quite clearly caked in somewhere else, some like the we probably don't really probably can't really yeah, on that I, rabbit hole. I, I, think, definitely... I think there is I think there's a perfectly fair set of fans that are not convinced Gino Smith is the guy. Which which I'm not overly convinced, but my point is to completely just want to throw everything away at three and two after how he's played, after how he played a month ago against a team who are now just hosing everyone in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Like, Sunday was basically Detroit. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just because he... 
didn't get rid of the ball because his right tackle was on one leg. Yeah. That's not that's not his fault. That's not No. I mean what I was gonna say is in addition to the group of fans that we might be in that don't think he's the guy and probably would like Seattle to address the position, yeah. there is another whole group of fans that are hoping he fucks up. Yeah. That's what I mean. And, like, and, and, and revel in him slipping up. And I yeah. guess in, in that sense, the Kane thing kind yeah. of makes sense. There were so many people fans. waiting for him to miss that penalty against France. Yeah. Obviously, was, the credit in the bank is slightly different. Yeah. But yes, I know what you mean. There, there are people that are waiting for Gina to mess up so they can put forward this idea that Drew Locke is, is the better candidate. And that is obviously bollocks. No, because otherwise he would have had his chance. Yeah. If, and, like, and more than one team would have tried to sign him for more than $4 million in the off-season when he was in, when he was in free agency. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, like, unbelievable. It was just unbelievable. And it was sent in a few different spots, some of them predictable. But it was just, like, the Seahawks are three and two. Like, look, we've, we've spent, what, 25 minutes talking about how we're, like, the fourth or fifth. People on national TV are saying that we're going to be in the conversation, it's just, yeah. And then the DK thing. DK can't stay out of his own way, but again, it kind of feels like now he's like, he's on that Gino Smith path, like hand in hand down the yellow brick road with Gino and Harry. Like, he, he cannot, he, he, he had four catches on Sunday, all of them were first downs. Hmm. Like, and the problem is, he, he, as I heard today, He's 55th in targets in the league. Huh? How does that happen? Yeah. That's that's why he's pushing defenders over. Yeah. Seven seconds after I'd be the pissed play. off as well. He was open on three plays. I know, like, the comp, the the situation in the play kind of dictates it, and if Gino Smith's on his back, it doesn't matter how open the player is. But, yeah, he... He's... he's I don't think he's 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 not made the jump to like the Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown sphere. Yeah, but do you think he's had the opportunity to showcase? No, it? but that's what. No, I don't think he has. But I do. But again, I don't think this. I think there's people who don't want him to. Yeah, agree with that. But I wasn't massively keen on him as a second round pick. I didn't really. One, I didn't really watch much college football. Him play college football, but. I, I kind of swallowed that take a while ago. But he's... It's not your it's, worst second round take, in fairness, no, after no, no, Derek no. Henry slander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, I'm going to... I might just re-air that as like a... Yeah, eight, take. eight years later, finally, well yeah, done. Yeah, 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 right. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. He gets traded to like the Rams <laughs> and then just runs over us in December. Um, yeah, like, it's just... Yeah. I, I do think the DK genome similarity, the criticisms have a lot of similarities. They're just they're just waiting for him because of how he presents himself. Because he's he's just he, he's a different dude. Like we don't hear from Tyler Lockett ever, and when we do, it's just it's like sixty percent of it's interesting, forty percent of it is just like this pod, this waffle. Um, yeah. I, I think I think some of it is just because he's legitimately. There's a reason Tyler Lockett gets so many catches. There's a reason that the Titans get catches because it seems game plan for him. And if, as Bobby Wagner said in his press today, that he thinks opposing defenders are going up to the refs and go, "Can you watch what he does?" 
It's mm. like the old corner the corner thing when there's a scuffle before his corner's taken. You know that as soon as the ball leaves the air, leaves the ground, that yeah. whistle's getting blown. As soon as yeah. he goes, and he went in the someone's shadow. Yeah, what did you make no. of his reasoning for the shove that he didn't hear the whistle? I thought that was absolute bollocks. But <laughs> I actually, I, I I said on our Facebook on our WhatsApp group, he's probably going to get a net. 11, 1,200 yards, score 10 touchdowns, yeah. uh, even when you take the penalties away. And so I'm okay with it. Well, I'm, pretty uh, certain, I'm pretty certain he's already a top 10 Seahawks receiver, like yardages and all the rest. Yeah, of I think we did it, didn't we? A couple, about a year or so ago, we yeah. went through this. Yeah. Um, like there, there, I, I can't remember <laughs> Brian Clough or whatever, but there was a manager that was asked, you know, is X player who was his best player a luxury player? And no, the bad players are the luxury players because they're the ones that you can sort of work around. Like DK Metcalf, is never going to be the problem for me. No. Uh, wide receivers have a history of being a bit diva-ish. Uh, I don't think he's doing anything other than slightly following in that footsteps. No, but, um, but, but like, like just throwing the ball more. Yeah, but like I, like, he, like he said today, like it's a violent sport. It's my opportunity to be violent. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> Fair play. He's not seen kickoffs. It's yeah. Is but just like, uh, obviously you don't want him to get penalties. No, we don't. But again, I'm I not think... just absolving it and saying, "Oh well, who cares?" No. But in the general scheme of things, people kick up such a fuss about these penalties, and I'm seeing a tweet about this guy's a joke. His attitude stinks. Like I'm sure there's loads of plays you can see where someone gives up on a tackle or whatever because they don't fancy it, and like, that's that for me is problematic. Yeah. A guy also, having a bit too much juice for me is never going to be an issue in the, in the general scheme of things. Yeah, but 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 he's probably fully aware that he's probably outside the top fifteen targets. At top fifty because, because he goes on. He's social media. He's on social media. Yeah, he goes on and sees his college teammate AJ Brown make highlight reel after highlight reel catch. He sees Justin Jefferson, like the guy on the other side, Jamar Chase. Like he's yeah, he wants a bit of that like. Cheddar. And just oh, Michael that. Pittman is fourth in targets from Minshew yeah, and Richardson. Yeah. Like you, you can force these guys the ball if you really want to. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Um, and actually, after his 15 yard penalty, lot, uh, Smith threw an unbelievable an absolute beaut to, to yeah. lock it. And, yeah. and and that was it. And they, they got the yards back and, and, and then 28 more on top of that, which kind yeah. of proves your top. Yeah. It's <laughs> just so. The, the the Gino flat annoyed me. The DK one is I think it was I think it's like the third time maybe we've talked about this season this pod. It's it's so tiresome. Because again, he's top ten receiver all time and okay, he, again, he, again trade I, DK Metcalf. I don't want to I know. Yeah, I don't want it to feel like we're taking such a you know partisan side. It's not that they're not annoying and it's not that yeah. you shouldn't do it, but yeah, people saying Trey DK because his attitude stinks. No, are you insane? But here's a question: what what would be more impactful, detrimentally to this team, trading mm-hmm. DK or Drew Lock? Uh playing Drew Lock because he gets the ball yeah. in his hands every time. But trading but, but, DK but, but, would be the you... worst thing they could do, basically outside of doing any other making any other personnel move on the roster. I would say. <laughs> yeah. Because, but if you have Drew Lock with DK, there's a chance. Yeah, there's a lot of interceptions. Yeah, but there's also a chance. Are you doing this? So you're telling me there's a chance? Yeah, yeah, but if, like, the, 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 no, but if if no, because if you 
Like DK, well, maybe he's not deep quarterback proof. Um, yeah, like it's the attitude thing as well. Like he clearly gives a fuck. I mean, there's no one not seen him. Like he clearly doesn't just waltz around, not do anything to look like a fucking just made out of granite or whatever it is. But yeah, it's just this, there's just this mad how to be positive. And I've been annoyed for about 15 minutes about two things. But <laughs> uh, Kenny Walker. He he's he looks like a guy who had a had a decent rookie year, but he seems to be running with like a smidge more confidence. Yeah, he but he's he's, he, he's passed the line of scrimmage quick. I thought he had a pretty poor second half. Yeah, um, he missed a couple of blocks. I think did he get the block in the back, which is an annoying rule. Yeah, but he got but- one. In, in relation to him, I, I was surprised at how little I thought Charbonnet was using the second yeah. half because I thought it was yeah. a really good first half, and then he just sort of vanished, didn't he? Yeah, I agree. Well, I, th- well, I think uh, DJ Dallas seemed to be in more than Charbonnet. They love him, don't they? I, I don't mind DJ D. I think a few years ago we said that on this part, and then he just kind of disappeared onto the kickoff team. But but yeah, like he's yeah, it's yeah, the Charbonnet stuff was weird, but. Uh, with how desolate the running back position is in the league, just look at anyone's fantasy teams. <laughs> um, yeah, he's 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 ascending. He's ascending player. It's it's quite cool that um, he's a Seahawk, I guess. But again, like the thing, the issues he has are correctable. The O-line stuff is hopefully correctable when Abe Lucas gets back. And probably it sounds like a, a few weeks away still. But yeah, it's just I just. I think there's a lot of things I didn't get after the game on Sunday because the, the 2023 Seahawks are not like the 2022 and 2021 Seahawks. Yeah, I, I think overall people were really upset about the loss, understandably, and chose violence instead, <laughs> of, in, instead of just sort of chilling, trying to chill their way through it. And again, I probably would have been much hotter had the last few weeks sort of just not happened. And, and, do you know what? Actually, if I'd been as emotionally invested in the team in the last few years as I have as I was previously, maybe I would have felt annoyed. But in a way, Sunday is the kind of Al Pacino game for me. Of, you know, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Like they really energized me on Sunday watching them. Yeah, and now I've got a week on Facebook memories of all the trips we've made. It's I like, know, ah oh, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I this. We 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 skirted around after the Rams game that this team could be anything. And I think our um, hesitance to. I mean, we're going against the grain this this year, and I'm so mm. far. I think I think we're doing we're, we're changing shit up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it, no, this Sunday Arizona Cardinals Josh Dobbs. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a gnarly one there although they lost by was it 18 to the Rams in the end they hung around that first quarter first half um, for all these uh, serial killer vibes um, that coach Gannon is he's, <laughs> he's he's quite clearly a decent coach he, he knows what he's doing he's got the guys flying around the, the field there is a chance that Kyler Murray plays on Sunday but I think that's very I think so it's like single figure percentage isn't it yeah if that Look, the Cardinals are going to... They've done it's, it every it's, game. Yeah, it's going to be a Cardinals game. properly swinging in the first yeah. half. And it's just a case of, have they knocked you out with those knockout punches or can you just sort of stay 
in the fight or can you be groggy like the Giants were and, and try and find your find your feet? Yeah. Um so even the Rams, yeah, they only really won the game in the fourth quarter on Sunday against the Cardinals. And yeah, the card you know, the cards have been much better than advertised. You know, yeah, people were-, were talking about them deliberately trying to lose games, like it got to that level. So this is not it, it, it might end up being a game that the Seahawks could win by 10, 12 points, but it wouldn't stun me if we were losing at half time. It's it's gonna be uncomfortable on Sunday. But like what visually and order order audio wise with the comment mm. commentary we're gonna have, but at least it's not on Sky. Yeah, that's true. At least we just true. watch watch uh Dodge Ram adverts and Papa <laughs> John's and Taco Bell. Uh yeah, that, I, just uh, so I don't know. But I don't Sunday hasn't changed anything for this game. I just I always have this game against the Cardinals as an uncomfortable win probability. But yeah, it's just it's very bad it's news if we lose. Yeah. Is there, there, is a, like, there is a murderous row of fixtures coming up at some point. I mean Lamar, I was there last time we played Lamar in uh, twenty nineteen and that was not enjoyable. It's like, <laughs> oh cool, Lamar's got eight yards. Oh he's done it again. Oh he's got fourteen this time. Oh he's got eighteen this time. Uh yeah, so that's not that's not enjoyable. Um but again, this defense is Defense is different to that one because that was just like the remnants of, yeah, the bygone era. Um, yeah, but I, this this score prediction for Sunday because I, the, the correctable things are going to be corrected enough, aren't they? Against the Cardinals, like it's a get yeah. right. The things that went wrong, it's a get right game for. If they play eighty yards of the field like they did on Sunday, this could be a boat race. Yeah, I, I think thirty-one seventeen. Yeah, and even even the seventeen that might be a bit high. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not so sure on thirty-one, but I think I just think the Seahawks offensively were just do enough, and I'll just wait for the quarterback or someone on that offense to make a mistake, and it will come. It's like I mean, every time they went to red zone, the Rams game was just Cooper Cup making a catch. It was like week one. Everything has been, been said in the career. It was um, Cooper Cup. Um, that Rams team is annoying. Yeah, they're, they're much better than I thought they would be. Especially, yeah, just it's gonna be annoying. Uh, anything else? Anything else Seahawk related? Um, we should probably talk about the Huskies. I know it's not many yes, Huskies fans. Uh, game day. Joe McHale. I mean, that was. Sensational. I don't I know it's not over here anymore, but college uh, Joel McHale from Community in the Soup uh, was the guest picker and turned up fully painted purple and gold at <laughs> around nine eight nine a.m. Seattle time, and yeah, just kept. He seemed to be taking the piss out of Kurt Herb Street without Herb Street realizing, which is quite good. I, <laughs> I think Joel McHale is uh, top ten people when I get on here, but obviously. Or we'd just be left on red like we are with anyone else. <laughs> or we'll go on a different podcast and I won't want to talk to him anymore. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, it was fun. Like, P- Penix is getting some... Uh, Penix, not what Desmond Howard said. Uh, he's getting some juice, he's getting some love. Mike Lombardi was on McAfee saying the the gap is closing between Caleb Williams, uh, Penix and uh, Drake May for the first overall pick. Which is wild. 
but yeah, it's fun. And the Huskies, the Huskies have a chance, Adam. Yeah, which is mad. And obviously, you listen to Seattle radio more than I do, and probably the biggest fans, Huskies fan in Seattle radio. They, they haven't. They've, they've mentioned the Seahawks for fifteen minutes you know, <laughs> across across six hours of shows in the last two days. Genuinely, fifty, and, and and even those fifteen minutes was only to slag off DK Metcalf. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's fun. Um, before they leave the Pac-12 and go play Rutgers every two years, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's everything. Anything NFL-related? John, do a bin. Yeah, I'm sure we can squeeze a bin out. We'll keep, we'll keep it. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not a big stick to sports guy, but I think I'll keep my 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 bin <laughs> sports related after yeah. a couple of things that I might have to throw in there. Um, I, I, so the the NFL, I'll start. The NFL UK had the NFL came to the UK for it's three straight weeks. Mm-hmm. This is three straight weeks of at your calf. Two at ours, one at Wembley. And if I see. Um, another American dude from Arkansas get asked to talk like an English person. <laughs> or if I see another quote from Roger Goodell, where he's quite clearly flirting with Dublin, Spain, and everywhere else apart from London, I, I'm gonna, I, I think I'm going to lose my shit. It's look, we've been doing this pod seven years, six years. Mm-hmm. And it feels like the 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 kids' mittens are still on with the NFL UK fan base. It's exactly the same as any time a game's in Seattle, they go to Pike Place Market and throw fish. Yeah, it's but it's like just the how narrative. The whole coverage of the game. Take like, us seriously. Yeah, but they 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 had a poll on the screen to play. Don't look back in anger. Like just just. People in people, yeah. Do you know how to play it in a fan game? Just play Aussie Osborne Crazy Train and just get on with it. <laughs> it's 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 so weird and like it just seeps through to everything else because the coverage isn't getting any better. The coverage is potentially getting worse because the people doing the coverage are probably the budgets. I don't really know. It doesn't strike me as one that Sky Sports put a lot of. Um, Financial weight behind is just kind of just. Oh, yeah, it's a studio going on Sunday night. Do you want to sit there for six hours? Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really weird how nothing is really being upped over here mm. and nothing's changing. The, the, London is not getting a team. I just don't, they're just going to do a roadshow around mm. Europe, which is fine. It's cool. It's quite I mean, a cool on, idea. On Sky, on Sky, they panned across to the, 49ers watch party in the after in the evening game when they interviewed their their president because Joe Staley was there, but it still felt very sort of in-house but what, what? Know, managed by Sky. That there's still no real, you know, growth of the game from a, a fan base perspective, I don't think. They've got yeah. the the fans that go to games, but there's no you know, how many times have we banged on about this? The the lack, you know, not one person from NFO UK has ever got in touch with us. No. And we host them. And when they do, they do. When they do it from cafes and Leeds. Well, yeah, I mean, but he's not even from there. But in terms of no one from the admin team has ever got in touch with us. And we run pretty long and moderately prestigious within the 
you know, the confines of, of, of the UK NFL podcasting world, like a decent show. And the fact that no one's ever got in touch with just shows how little they give a shit about expanding the game. <laughs> the juice you went out of and like uh, backpacking on that on the podcast point was quite funny there. I still uh, stick with decent. We've had, we've, decent. Had, we've had four of the, a Super Bowl winning team from a decade ago. And no one gives a shit. We kind of wish we only had three, but we had four. <laughs> uh, yeah, like no one, like no one did anything. No one even, and it's just ev- everything you see from like a couple of years ago. The Cowboys guys did uh, when they took Michael Parsons in the draft. They did a twenty-four hour charity thing, which I think is a banging idea. And yeah, if I had the energy to do it, I probably would try and look into it. But um, and they got they got Reynolds on, but they got Reynolds they got. For like fifteen minutes, mm. like everything the UK fan groups do is them doing it. Like the, we were gonna have the Bengals guys on last week, and I forgot to reply to the tweet. Um, but uh, like they're, I think they're what they do and how they do. They had two meeting, they had two meetings this week. That that game, they had one in Manchester and one in London. Mm. But it's not. There's no sky cameras. There's no. It, there's not even like a retweet on it. It's such an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just it's. <laughs> I don't know if it was my like algorithm on the weekend, but I saw like seven videos of Titans players and like the the bit with the Titans fans talking like their the cast of Green Street was weird <laughs> from Titans. To what are you? What is going on? But yeah, but then at the same time you got Harbaugh who seemed to really like He's dive, a big engine instead. Yeah, dive dive in on it and like take the time to learn and have conversations with people outside the sport and take something from the trip instead of just knowing where the best fish and chips are around. Uh, I did think it was great, Harbour. I don't know if you saw how much of the interview you saw, but his he was he c- couldn't get his head around the idea that Spurs had an academy team of like yeah, 15, 16 year old yeah, players. It was it was quite it was quite nice to see that actually yeah, because obviously they don't have anything like that from a from a youth level. And it was just yeah. quite cool to see just how different the sports are when it comes to that. I, I thought that, that was really interesting, actually. Yeah, because he, he doesn't really coach people till they're 21, 22, does he? No. And so he's come to a training ground with 14, 15-year-olds and probably younger. Probably just thought, what the hell's going on? Yeah, because it was in Tasha break, so I guess, what, 70% of your squad weren't there? Yeah, it was just the kids. That's mad. Yeah, it, it was very cool. But that's, that's the kind of stuff you kind of want to see. Like, we've, we said we said to people who went over to Munich last year, the Seahawks seem way more checked in than they were when they came over here five years ago. That was. Mm. It's just I don't know. It just it just feels like everything's still being treated by mittens. When I don't know, there's American football over here is niche enough where you could get away dealing with it, how or broadcasting it and covering it like Sky do their cricket because mm-hmm. Sky have. Ex players, ex England captains, and Ian Ward just talk about like m- the most minute detail for twenty five minutes, and it's some of the best sports analysis coverage there is, isn't it? But where the NFL, we get Joe Staley reading off a script from the sent down to him by the 49ers PR person. Yeah, like we've been trying to grow the game for fifteen years now. Oh, At some just... point. But somebody got to start taking the fan base seriously. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's starting to sound like Phil Mickelson's growing the game, isn't it? <laughs> Chess moves 30, 37. Uh, yeah, uh, but, yeah, just that's my one bin. I think I could put the people who want Drew Locke to 
start over Gino on Sunday in the bin as well, but I think I did that already. Um, I don't think I have anything else NFI-related. Just the, the Cowboys conversation is doing my head in. Like They got absolute boat race, and that really annoyed me when I watched that, but it's GMFB, so what should I expect, really? Adam, anyone? Um, anyone, or anything? Um, I had, like, I really like yours actually. In to the point where I'm sort of happy to semi leave it there, unless I can think of another one. But uh, people that criticise, and I, I, I'm not even defending Tottenham here, just defending like the general sport over here, like overall, people that criticise Tottenham from having to use a turf field. For the NFL games, whereas when we they could use the grass, like do they not realise what the stadium is predominantly used for? Yeah, um, there's a reason we put a turf field down there, and that's what the NFL paid for and wanted down there. And I've seen like Tim Kawakami and pretend, you know, geniuses well, think, like that. Leave one Miller went on, so it's the worst field he's played on. Yeah, I mean, it probably isn't, mate. <laughs> Like you're going to play in Buffalo in, on a sheet of ice in December. I'm, I'm sure that will be worse. Like I'm, yeah. I'm sure that will be worse. And I know everyone hates turf right now, but ultimately, like you want to go and play the games over here, so stomach it. And at Wembley, yeah. you can play it on grass because there's no football there for two weeks, but there's football in a week's time at that stadium. So what do you, what do you honestly expect people to do? So, you know, if you want to throw missiles, you know, throw strays at people, make it. Roger Goodell for even putting games in London in the first place. Uh, like, two things. Uh, it, I feel like it's not a take you would have if it wasn't for Ange Postecoglou. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and also, um, Stan Kroenke stood up against FIFA and has taken so far off the World Cup list, hasn't he? Over the same thing, because they wanted to put a football field in. He's like, no, we built this for NFL and college football and concerts. We didn't build it for football. You play on our pitch or don't play. And I know Stan Kroenke is a, a dirty word in your group chat. <laughs> it is amazing how annoyed everyone... Like, the Sounders have to change their whole field to play World Cup games. Rightly so, to grass. Yeah, but they're just doing it. Like, fair fuck with Kroenke. Like, like he's, he's, he's basically echoing what you said. It's, it was built for this purpose. Don't, like, come in with your own show and try and me fork out. You pay for it or it's not happening. Yeah, 100%. But I do think these people need to realise that the reason we play football on grass is because the movement of the ball on the floor matters. Whereas your brown egg that you kick about and throw about, it doesn't matter. That's why we don't have a grass (laughs) field for you. Just that's why you can't play on the grass. Yeah. The only thing that matters is a bounce occasionally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also with some managers, it doesn't matter with how the ball moves on the floor because they don't use it. What about Bill Bill Belichick's onside safety kick? Unbelievable. It, we, you mentioned earlier about the Cardinals tanking. It feels like he might be tanking. Do you reckon? It, he's, 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 I don't know. Who the hell is Malik Cunningham? Because he was the backup quarterback for the Pats. And yeah, that's that's a tiring conversation as well. The, it was all Brady. No, it wasn't. Bill Belichick's a, ask Bill Belichick about us. Like, ask if, when we play, if he's still on the team next year or we still play next year, Nick Ballore. Someone in the Seattle media asks about the job he does on special teams. Belichick will give a 45-minute answer. <laughs> like He's a genius. He's one of the best ever. And yeah, yeah, Tom, just... Brady, Tom Brady didn't hold McVeigh's Rams to three points in the Super Bowl. 
No, exactly. <laughs> like, he, like, yeah, Tom Brady didn't make Vega, ah, oh, shit, uh, in the second quarter of that Super Bowl. He's he's figured out what we're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, it's mad. But yeah, I, I, if it, it's tank adjacent what's going on over there, I think. Why would you keep starting Matt Jones? Mad, isn't it? But Tony Romo come out and said, that's a terrible throw. <laughs> and Tony Romo doesn't watch the games he's commentating on. So <laughs> if he knows, well, especially the ones in uh, October. Uh, yeah. Game is uh, Jonathan Vilmer's the commentator on Sunday. So that'll be a nice pipe cleanser. Who's Spurs got this week? Fulham at home Monday night on our pristine grass pitch. <laughs> You're not going to rotate the other one in there. <laughs> no, I think we'll, we'll play on the grass this week. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, with our old Castle uh, Castle's finest. Um, yeah, uh, Bristol, which is kind of a very Arizona Cardinals level game. If we win on Saturday, then it's... I've got to put myself in the bin, Stu, because I was supposed to see you tomorrow night for oh, yeah. Schultz comedy, and I have been dragged away, unfortunately, to another another engagement for a number of reasons, and I'm gutted yeah. that I can't ACU and see Schultz, who looks absolutely hilarious. So I hope you don't get swallowed up in in the big smoke. No, it's, it's weird. Can I know, you like, survive 24 hours in London? Who knows? I know. I know, like five people in London, and none of them are available tomorrow. I'm around for a beer, huh? I'll be around for a beer in yeah. Tottenham Court Road from about five o'clock. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be Kensington. I'll have a whole one of the best comedians ever. Whatever. One of the best comedians around. Biggest comedian around. He changed everything uh, with comedy and how comedy is like, consumed, especially in America and it's filtering over here. Is at the Royal Albert Hall. That's a big old gaff. That is a big old gaff. Uh, yeah, so that's going to be quite cool. And actually, one of his guys, the guy does a podcast with just announced a show. In December, which I may have to look at the old uh, work rota. So if you're around the 17th, 18th December, I might be back down. Yeah. Um, Free weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's Hezzy tomorrow. But by the time people listen to this, I'd have. If, if anyone likes American Beauty, honestly go and watch um, Infamous by Andrew Schultz. It's on uh, on YouTube. And also go on social media and watch his uh, bit from uh, Toronto. I mean, the guy played a small theatre in Toronto and go, next time I come back here, I'm, we're going to play where the Raptors play and did it within two and a half years. It's it's so, fu- it's so fucking cool. Um, yeah, uh, that should be fun. And Cov- I'm, not going, I'm not going to the Cov game for ages. I hate it. Hate it. We have got no weekend games for the next three weekends. Can you believe that? We've, we'd have Monday had... night, Friday night, and the following Monday night, the next three We'd have had... Uh, when we play, uh, we haven't had a home game for two weeks. We haven't got one this week, and then we've got a Monday. Then we haven't got one for another three weeks because it's away. Then a fucking another international break. Um, yeah, we've got like one, and that game's going to be moved because it's Blues and Wayne Rooney. Uh, so that's going to be moved <laughs> to a Friday six o'clock. Also, the Premier League can get in a bit. No one wants to go to the football at eight o'clock on a Saturday night. Do not even get me started. <laughs> Nobody, nobody, nobody. Like next year, the league, the twenty twenty five, it's almost certain unless something goes badly wrong at one of them that Brighton are going to play Newcastle at eight o'clock on a Saturday night. It's insane. Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely wild. Uh, all usual means and methods. Enjoy the game wherever you watch. Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Google Music. Keep sending me alerts. So apparently, it's on there. We're big on Google, Stu. We're massive on Google. Uh, Yeah. I hope this has been therapeutic. 
Uh, hope it's and people enjoyed it. We might be back next week or just waiting to see uh, Iron Eagles back on the <laughs> on the decks. Also, talking commentators, Adam and me, man, he's yeah, legitimately yeah. one of the best. His call for the Jameson Williams touchdown is so cool. And two days before, he was calling, um, uh, is it Arizona or Philly? I think it might have been Philly. He's calling one of the baseball clinching moments. And it's just, I think we've, we've, we've said to him like, how mad it is that he does two completely different sports and just, yeah, the moments gets it right. He's one of the best out there. I'm going to try and get him on if he does a Seahawks game this year. Yeah, enjoy the game Sunday. It's all using means and methods. This has been the Pedestrian Podcast. Go Hawks. <laughs>